Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries' Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about Revival Ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is Cliff Gano, minister at Lincoln Christian Church near Jasonville, Indiana. Brother Cliff and I met back in 1985 or 86 when he and his wife Janet moved to Sterling, Colorado to work with Beth and I in new church work at Central Christian Church. We left Colorado in 1987 and lost touch with the Gano family for more than 20 years. And then we reconnected when we held our first revival with the Lincoln Christian Church back in 2010. There's a lot of lost years in there, Cliff, as well as uh, early history of your life and ministry that I'm kind of wanting to learn a little bit about and hear about. So, Brother Cliff, tell us your story. All right. Well, Tom, when you called uh, earlier today and asked me about this, uh, one of the first things that popped out of my mouth was, I don't like to talk about myself. <laughs> yeah, I remember that yeah, about you. <laughs> and... Uh, Somebody out there might be wondering, well, why don't you like to talk about yourself? And, and I think, I look at my life and think, well, there's nothing really dramatic about it, nothing that would seem inspiring or outstanding whatsoever. So uh, it just I, I never stopped to think about what my story could do. And mm -hmm. now that you've put me on the spot, maybe, <laughs> maybe there is something that, that I will share today that could bring a little bit of help or encouragement for someone out there. Um, I guess we'll just start out with the basics. Growing up, I grew up on a farm in western Kansas, northwestern Kansas. and uh, what, what town was that? Hill City, Kansas. Hill City. It was our hometown. We lived about 15 miles out in the country from, from town. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Every time the doors were unlocked, it seems that we were there. Uh, so I, I had that. I mean, I didn't come out of a, a heathenistic family by any means. I was born and bred in a, a Christian family, uh, came to accept Christ as my Savior when I was 14, immersed into Christ, and uh, just continued to learn and grow uh, the remainder of those teenage years. Uh, after high school... I had no ambitions, no desires, no inclinations about ministry. I was going to be a carpenter. Uh, there wasn't really room on the farm uh, for me, so I loved to do carpentry work. So I set out at that, and uh, that, that went okay for a year or two, uh, but I actually... What led me to go to Bible college was uh, a young lady. I was chasing girls, and <laughs> naturally, a young more man. than one man went to ministry because <laughs> yeah, of a yes, woman. That's yeah. right. And uh, so uh, we ended up, or I ended up at Scotts Bluff, uh, Nebraska, a little town. It was known as Platte Valley Bible College then. Uh, that would have been about seventy nine, eighty, eighty one, I guess. Well, seventy nine and eighty, and. Um, I didn't make it in time to attend classes the first semester, uh, but they let me travel with their, their singing group. They would travel each weekend, go to different churches, and, and I thought that was really neat. I enjoyed participating in that. Uh, the second semester, I was able to attend classes, continued to travel with the group. Uh, that summer, the summer of 1980, 
uh, I approached the, the, the president of the college and, and asked if we could, I and another student, could travel on behalf of the, the college. I, I just felt this uh, desire uh, that we could do vacation Bible schools or camps and things like that, uh, just to serve the school, promote the school, serve the churches uh, in different states. And so we traveled. And that is, that is where God uh, showed me his calling upon my life, showed me that I could serve him uh, in the ministry and serve, serve the church. Uh, yeah. College is also where where I met my wife. That wasn't the same girl that I chased up. Oh, really? Oh, I oh, didn't really? know that. Yeah. <laughs> really? Uh, and uh, Jen and I met there, and we we were married uh, within just a few months, actually. Really? And uh, I had a through the the travels that summer on this with the school for the school. Um, I don't know which exactly which congregation, but apparently there was one of the congregations that I worked with that summer who offered to help pay tuition for my continuing education. Uh, but at the time, uh, being young and dumb, I, I felt like experience to me was a better teacher. And I had actually an opportunity to go back to another church that we'd served that summer uh, to begin a youth ministry, and that's that's the path I chose. I chose not to go back to uh, Bible college, uh, but just to go straight into the ministry, jump straight into the fire, and uh, start out that way. And well, you know, a lot of men, or a number of men that I speak to, uh, went a few years of Bible college, dropped out because they felt a calling and a desire to get right into ministry. Yeah, and that's certainly not saying that anything negative to the Bible college. Or, or that type of training, but some some guys are just called to get out there and do it, yeah. and they're going to learn on their own. And we certainly did, because I went a lot the same route you did, and yeah. we both can say we did go to the College of Hard Knocks yeah. a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And that actually was one of the thoughts I'd, I had made a note to myself about to, to share was the idea of a calling. How, how does a person know that they have a calling over their life versus that, you know, hey, I'm just going to be the preacher of this church because there's there's nothing else to do. And the difference to me is a calling is that God provides a way and the means for you to do something that you you really you haven't been trained to do. You, you have you, you don't even have the thought that you can do that. But God's calling on my life equipped and prepared me to do that and still gifts me today to be able to do the things that I do. Without his calling, I, I don't think I could. The other part of the calling is, if I'm not serving God and what he's called me to do and what I what I feel in my heart, I'm a miserable person. I mean, there's lots of Absolutely. things. Absolutely. There's yeah. lots of things yeah. I love to do and I could do with my hands. I could go out and get a job and do carpentry work. I could do farm work, whatever. But if I'm not serving the Lord in the place that he is, wants me to be, I'm a miserable person. And I, I experienced that. There was a time in my life um, where I, I literally got angry at God. Some things in the church happened. I turned my back on God, said, man, if, if this is the way, if this is going to happen to me, if this is the way I'm going to be treated in your service, I'm not having any more part of it. 
And I went that way for a few months, just angry, upset at God. Uh, but then God began to speak to me. He began to work in my heart and life. He began to show me love and grace. And he showed me that his calling was still upon my life and that I could not I could not exist without serving him. Even even Elijah ran into a cave for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just say that because I'm preaching Elijah a lot this year, (laughs) (laughs) so it comes to mind. Right, right. But uh, that's very good, though, Cliff. Yeah, and and the whole idea of calling, how you know that, I think that's. uh, I'm just sitting here thinking about my own life and how that applies. What you just said, yeah. Well, I I feel like that I've. I don't know that I've met any personally, but maybe have heard about or seen ministers that the the ministry is just a job to them. I mean, they could take it or leave it. And, I've, I've met many. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they year, put in yeah. their time and they do what they they do, but their their heart isn't maybe in it or their passion. Uh, to me, a, a calling is you're going to be there. Uh, you know, come. Hell or high water. You're going right. to do what it is that God is providing the opportunity for you to do. You're going to give it your best. You're going to give it your all and uh, trust the Lord with the rest. And, and I feel like maybe that's the difference between a true calling over somebody's life and somebody that's just in it for maybe the position, the prestige, or whatever the case might be. When I first went to ministry, I, I quote my grandfather a lot. You know that because you know me, mm-hmm. but... But he told me that there are two types of preachers. There's God called and Mama called. Uh, God yeah. called you to ministry or Mama wanted you to be a preacher, so she said go to Bible college. Right, right. And you thought, well, that'll be a good job. Yeah. And and uh, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I've been through many rough times in my life and times when I was really got angry. And I think I, I may have gotten angry at God, too, some, about yeah. that this would happen. But when you look at people like Elijah and yeah. – and, uh, and just all these, all the prophets, but you also look at Jesus mm-hmm. and, and what he came to do. Yeah. And my goodness, we haven't, we're still alive at this point. Yes. And even if we die, we die for Christ. Right. So. And I, and I think that Jesus is a perfect illustration of God's calling over his life because there was lots of pressure. There were lots of obstacles. There was a lot of rejection and he just continued to press and move forward. Yes. This is what I got to do. This is what I got to face uh, to do what God has called me to do. And and I think that is the heart. Uh, that is the compassion of, of someone who's truly called. Uh, they're just, they're, they're laser focused and they're, they're going to get through it with God's help and God's grace. And, and I think that's just a good thing to remember and oh. to know. Uh, I've, uh, I think one of the things that you had asked about or, or mentioned was the different places that we have been, uh, in our life. Uh, we started, uh, our first youth ministry in Wyoming. Uh, then we moved to Kansas. Uh, it, it just didn't seem like the time was right. Maybe the place wasn't right, uh, for that first youth ministry, uh, we moved back to my hometown, and we just went to work. We did carpentry work, but then we started volunteering in our the local church there. Started working with the youth, and again, the Lord showed me, man, th- this this is what you need to be doing. This is the the work, working with people, serving the Lord's church. And as we work with that youth group, 
the Lord reopened that same door for us in, in the church in Wyoming. We went back up there, uh, served with them as youth ministers for maybe three years or so. And we found ourselves in Colorado. That's where now, we... Where were you in Wyoming? Remind us. Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. And that I, I remember coming to pick you up in a wheat truck, I yes. think. Yes. With, uh, and it was snowed. It snowed like the night before. Doug Dix and I had the flu really bad. Yes, Do you remember that? I remember and that. And Doug uh, was from our church, and we were in that new church work, and he, uh, I, I, I was just sick. And I yeah. normally, nothing backs me down, but I was ready not to go. Yeah. But uh, Doug will listen to this. I know he and Philomena will listen uh, to this. And I have to say, Doug gave me no opportunity to make excuses. <laughs> And that's when I learned how good Alka-Seltzer is. I, yeah. I took an Alka-Seltzer, and when it wore off, I took another two. Wow. And that's how I got up there and, and got you back. But, boy, I was yeah. sick. But it was wow. a great trip. I wish I could have enjoyed this beautiful area of Wyoming was, to go into. Yeah, right, yeah. In, right in the uh, uh, west edge of the Black Hills is where we were at yeah. at the time. A pretty, pretty place. Actually. You lived in a basement of a cabin, is that right? Yeah, or something? yeah. Uh, a gentleman uh, from, from the congregation there. Uh, had built a cabin. The the upstairs was unfinished, but the basement was livable. And he had gone. He had actually gone off to college, I believe, and let us live in that basement uh, for I don't know. We were probably there for a year, year and a half, anyway. Wow. Yeah. So. So uh, then you came down to Colorado. Came down to, to Sterling, Colorado. Uh, served with you and Beth there, and the church there. Uh, great, great experience there. Just learning and. Uh, you know, just having that privilege and opportunity. Actually, for a period of time, I worked with two two congregations. Uh, we worked a little bit with the Holyoke. That's right. Church. Now you yeah. you just started that after we because we were only together about a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. Before Beth and I moved to Oklahoma. Right. Right. And uh, it was after that, wasn't it, that you started working for probably both churches? So. Yeah. Yes. Probably so. Holyoke's a good congregation. Yeah, and we we were doing some youth work there, and I think the minister. Um, had 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 left. I don't know if it was medical reasons. Not real sure. Uh, so we did some fill-in preaching there. Uh, so that was something that I was kind of learning to do is uh, to be able to preach and and whatnot. Uh, then before we left Sterling, uh, we we had uh, I guess kind of resigned from the church there in Sterling. Yeah. And I was just working with the construction company. And that was kind of that lull in there where where God said, "You're not you're not getting off that easy, Cliff. <laughs> uh, you're mine. My calling is over your life." And uh, the Lord began to show me ways that I could continue to serve Him. And then uh, over the course of maybe a year, year and a half, uh, it turned out that I, I it was just on my heart. I, I I wanted to get back to the church and and be that leader, preacher, whatever it was. And uh, the Lord led us to a little place in Sydney, Nebraska, a little Church of Christ there, uh, where I had my first part-time, I guess, preaching ministry. And so that was probably the greatest uh, schooling for me, uh, learning how to preach, uh, learning how to do funerals and weddings, the, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, I worked for United Parcel Service part-time and then with yeah. the church uh, the rest of the time. And uh, those are the great years. It was just a little congregation of maybe 15 people. They were all old enough to be my parents, uh, maybe some of them even my grandparents. But they were loving. They were nurturing. They were encouraging to me. 
and they allowed me to just grow and learn and develop uh, into uh, more of a servant, more of a preacher, I guess, if you will. Uh, so we were there probably for about three years, and uh, it just came to a point where we felt like it was time to, to move on to something bigger. And maybe that's that's a trap that young preachers get into. I always think they got to have bigger, better, greener, whatever. Yep. And, uh, you know, I was no different. You know, I, I just felt like, man, you know, I'm ready for the big congregation. I'm ready to be a TV evangelist or whatever. I got a few of those T-shirts in yeah. my closet as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we wound up in uh, Indiana in uh, 92, a uh, little church in Kiwana, Indiana, Church of Christ there. We know that congregation well. Yeah, Hel- I think you've Hel- been Hel- there Bible's there, times. yeah. Yes. And uh, we, were, we ministered with them for about 13 years. Uh, so from 92 to about uh, 2005 and we were we were trying to do some things we we uh, invited a, an associate to come in uh, and so to to accomplish that I I kind of took a pay cut I'm not trying to brag I'm just trying to tell you like it is we took a pay cut and I went and got a part-time job so that, that. We, yeah, yeah. so that we could do the associate thing and we were working. And about the same time, our oldest son uh, joined the military. Uh, he went through his training. Uh, he was on base for about a year, and then he had his first deployment in 2005. And there was just a whole lot of stress, a whole lot of sure. pressure on my, my heart and my life. I was try- actually trying to do too much, trying to depend on my own reasoning my own strength my own ability and it just it got too much and I decided okay I'm I need to, to step back and so I decided to take a sabbatical from church and, and actually uh, it almost came close to I'm, I'm done I'm ready to retire from ministry and you know just do something different and so I just continued to work at my my job that I had and there again after several months the Lord would not let me go. Uh, he just, he nudged me. He kept putting on my heart and mind, no, you you can't give up. You need to keep doing what I've called you to do. And uh, so in 2006, uh, August of 2006, uh, we found that our current congregation, we've been here, uh, it'll soon be 15 years this summer, I believe. Wow, that is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we moved down here, just a, a great, wonderful country congregation, farmers, businessmen, uh, teachers, uh, I think we have a couple of nurses in the congregation, well, um, well-equipped congregation, and it has, it has grown some, and I, I certainly don't credit myself, it's just the goodness of the Lord, the goodness of the, the church family here uh, that brings us here. Um and you're really at a crossroads in the middle of farm country. Yeah. Basically. Aren't uh, you? Well, there's a, a triangle of towns, uh, Worthington, Indiana, Linton, Indiana, and Jasonville, Indiana. And if you look on a map and, and kind of create that triangle, we really sit right in the, about the middle of that. It's about seven, really? mile, seven miles to each each. Well, I know when I introduced you and said Jasonville, Indiana, because yeah. that's how you introduced yourself to me yes. when we first reconnected. Uh, but I didn't know whether that was right or Worthington was more correct. 
Well, you know? it used to be a Worthington mailing address years ago. Oh, okay. And we typically do associate more towards Worthington things than we do Jasonville. Right. Uh, so I, I think really it's still kind of that way. Even though now we have a Jasonville address, uh, we, we would probably stick to, stick to Worthington. Well, when we've held revivals here, we've stayed in Linton. Yes. And then we've also held revivals at Worthington. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, so it's a, it's a lovely area. It's a, it's, yeah. it's, I, I love Indiana to begin with, yeah. but, but it's just a beautiful area of Indiana. And it, it's a good fit for me and, and my wife. Uh, I'm a farm boy. I love, love the farmland. And uh, interestingly enough, even in, in our uh, church in Kiwana, uh, I was able to do some handyman things, just use my hands and use those abilities to fix things and do things. Still have that opportunity and privilege to do those things here. So. Well, you know, there's a great story that I heard when I was in Kiwana. Uh, and I and you didn't tell it, but I, I want you to tell that story about because you've got to see the building in Kiwana. You could probably go to their Facebook page. It, it's Kiwana Church of Christ, isn't it? Yes, Kiwana Church and, of and Christ. And there's a picture there of that building. Now, would you describe what you did that that was that made you famous in Kiwana as far as handyman work yeah uh, the church is an older church uh, you know it has has some higher ceilings and then it has the old uh, church bell tower and the last I knew the bell was still working we used to ring it I don't know if they still do or not but mm. when when we left in 06 I think we were still ringing the bell every Sunday morning. Uh, but as you can imagine, that bell tower, uh, there's a pretty tall steeple on top of it. Yeah. It, uh, it came time for us to re-roof the church, and uh, we felt like uh, we could do the work ourselves. And uh, so I, I did. I took it upon myself, and we built some scaffolding, and, and uh, I found myself uh, tearing off the shingles and re-shingling that steeple. And uh, I guess that's what you must be referring to, uh, becoming famous. <laughs> well, there. Is, uh, pictures in the local paper, was there, even a, was there a, a te- television? No, no, I don't think there was a TV. Oh, okay, uh, I, did, I couldn't remember. Yeah, there was a little local newspaper, uh, mom-and-pop newspaper right there in Kiwana. And then the bigger uh, town south of us, Logansport, they came up and, and did a story. Uh, posted a picture uh, of that story, but um, I, I tell you what, to, for me to get, even get ten or twelve feet off the ground today is a little more challenging. I've never been able to do it much at all, but I do remember when we were together in Sterling. Whenever we had a project that needed building something, I was always amazed. Cause I was never good with my hands, uh-huh. and you just jumped to it. You built us dividers when we yeah. were meeting at the Seventh Day Adventist I building. That, yeah. uh, when we moved out of the funeral home, which we were, you were. Now, one of my favorite stories I remember about you and when you first came, we were still meeting in the funeral home on yes. Sunday morning, yeah. which our listeners may think to be very strange, but, you know, the price was right. It was yeah. free. Yeah. And uh, we were right in the middle of communion time, and you had we had a large children's church, uh-huh. and we had a large nursery. Yeah. And we started from just with five people. And, yeah. and at that time, the church was just really growing. But it was all quiet in the, in the auditorium yeah. <laughs> or the chapel. And you were back in a back hallway yes. with the children's church, and we all of a sudden heard all the kids sing atop their lungs "Amazing Grace" to the tune of Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and uh And I remember the times that, that you came on with me to the radio program, and we yes. did we did some 
programs together because I did a live. Yeah. I had a two-hour radio broadcast while we were there, yeah. and yeah, and uh, enjoyed that time so much. And I don't know if you know, uh, thinking of the people that uh, all the people that that were at Sterling, mm-hmm. uh, most of them, at least the ones I know of, are still serving the Lord. And uh, that church sadly closed yes. uh, yeah. quite a while after we were both gone. Right. But uh, a lot of people are still serving the Lord in other churches yeah, in the area, Holyoke. Yes. And a uh, young man that was 13 when we started, Scott Muller, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you're aware, he's a, he's a preacher now. No, I wouldn't know and, that. And, wow. and we'll be doing a revival with him, and I'll be doing a podcast with him. He doesn't know it yet, wow. but I'll be doing that this summer in Riverton, Wyoming. Oh, my goodness. And uh, he just started this past, I think he just moved in full-time this year. Yeah. And he's retired from the state highway department, where wow. like his dad worked for in yeah. Colorado, and called me last year and said he was going to go into ministry. Wow! And uh, so you know, it's amazing. And then other people, the flu hardies that we worked with, yeah, uh, they went in ministry yes. and uh, served and have retired out of Ozark Christian College okay. and and still serving the Lord. So so many people that you and I yeah. had an opportunity to be a part of their lives right. that are still serving. And well, it just it just shows what we were talking about earlier that. God's call on our life, it, it's usually there. Sometimes we're younger when we acknowledge it, and sometimes yeah. we're older when we acknowledge it. That's right, yeah. yeah. And uh, and that, you know, the, the fruits of your labor, you don't always see them right away. Yeah. But if you sometimes God gives you an opportunity to look back and see. Right. And some you'll never know until you yeah. get to heaven. And yeah. But I, I always like to say to people that you think, Sometimes you think you're just spinning your wheels, you're not doing any good. Yeah. But if you're serving God, you're making an influence. Yeah. You're changing lives whether you see it or not. I like that, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, uh, here in a bit, I got one of my notes that talks about the idea of patience, of, of just waiting on the Lord. Well, know? go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm impatient. Oh, I want to hear about oh, that. Oh, no. we gotta, we got to <laughs> wait, man. There's a couple other things. Okay, well, hit the other things and let's get, <laughs> then we'll get to the patience. That's right. <laughs> well, Maybe there's somebody out there listening, you know, that thinks that uh, ministry is just all glory and and fun stuff and everything's perfect, <laughs> but it's not. Uh, ministry is can be ugly sometimes. Yeah, can be painful and hurtful, and so probably probably one of the the some of the most frustrating things for me, and it, I know this is really general, but it, it's really sad too. And, and I'll just I'll just call it. Uh, politics and power play in the church yeah. where people are pursuing or jockeying for their own desires, uh, whatever that may be. And it, it is so discouraging and so upsetting when we get all upset and distracted about things that really don't matter. And I, and I think that's that can be really discouraging for young ministers to see that and, and to go through that to watch their leadership and their congregation fighting and, and gnawing at one another for, for no reason. Because it, the church is a family. Yes. And families have squabbles. Yes. And But it's sad in, in the church family because you're not all living in the same roof. Right. And you can go to sleep angry. Yeah. When you're under the same roof, it's kind of hard to do that. you you gotta, yeah. you got to work that out before you go to sleep at yeah. night. So any anyone that's listening out there, that that is just a reality that that stuff happens. And, you know, I, I would say I want to encourage you, you know, just try to keep your chin up the best you can. Navigate through those situations the best you can. Trust in the Lord uh, and and 
you know, great things can can happen. Not uh, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it just ends in a wreck, and there's a lot of casualties, and it's it's really sad. So uh, I would just encourage anyone out there listening, maybe who might be facing a a, a hard time, just try to uh, keep your chin up and, and trust the Lord. Now, on the other side of that coin. I think some of the the more rewarding times, some of the more blessed times in the church, is basically just the opposite, where where people get it, where leaders and the and people are pursuing what matters to Christ, are pursuing the things of Christ, and all the other things, the the color of the carpet and the uh, the shingles on the roof, and <laughs> things aren't yeah. that important. Yes, we need to take care of these things, but more importantly, we need to take care of the things of the Lord. And it's a blessing and a joy to see when people come together and they work through differences of opinions and, you know, put their pride aside and just work together for the for the glory of the Lord. That, that can be a real blessing. Seek first the kingdom of God and yeah. Jesus, uh, the, the prayer that we're taught to pray is thy kingdom come. Yeah. It's not my kingdom come, right. but thy kingdom come. So our work is for the kingdom, for his kingdom, not our own. Right. And it is sad when people want to build their own little kingdoms. Yeah. We need to get our focus right. Two, two other th- thoughts to add to that, kind of that category. The, the worst thing or the frustrating thing about church is feeling like you yourself have to make it all happen. And, and this can really be overwhelming for preachers where they're they're just running uh, lickety-split, running out of their breath, they're doing everything they can to make something happen. That's that's in their heart. They got to make the church grow, they got to make the people happy, they got to make the programs run. They got to do this, they got to do that. They got to be, you know, part of the community and that can be so overwhelming and that can become a discouragement when it doesn't happen and feeling like it's all our fault that it isn't happening. The other side of that on the blessing side is, is feeling the freedom to let God do his thing. And and that ties in with what we were talking about a minute ago, just being patient and letting God do his work in people's hearts and lives. Yes, we still need to do our part, but not necessarily kill ourselves, but just to relax in the, purpose and, and presence of the Lord that he is working and he's th- this is his responsibility to help make things work and grow well God uh, something I've learned is that God is never glorified when we rush ahead of him yeah we got we got to follow him and yeah. see where he's going and get on his train yeah and not say God this is we're laying the track this way you you come along with us yeah exactly right I like that and um, one thing you'd asked about the the pandemic and COVID, uh, yeah. my my wife and I ended up having COVID a few weeks ago, and uh, it was quite an experience. We didn't have it horrible, but we we were down. We were tired. Uh, uh, my wife had nausea really bad. Uh, I had a real bad cough, uh, but we just stayed at home and and we worked our way through it. Uh, we had those symptoms probably a good solid 10 days to two weeks uh for a couple weeks afterwards we still kind of had lingering effects uh but i I think we're doing well now but overall the pandemic and maybe this will will speak to somebody's heart the last year has been tough and many of you ministers out there might be able to relate 
when it came time for us to to basically shut down, many churches closed their doors. Well, we tried to keep things going. So you know, we the preacher the preacher became all. He became uh, not only the preacher, but he became the uh, media technician. Yep. Uh, he became the uh, song leader. He, he did it all just to be able to put something on audio or video that he could put out to uh, the congregation. And you doing that is one thing, but not knowing whether your efforts are getting to the people or if it is having any impact or effect on people because there's not much feedback uh, like there is in a church service. Right. Uh, very, uh, very discouraging, you know, because you, right. you just don't know. You're putting all that effort in and you don't know. And I guess really that's the way it is even even in regular church. Uh, sometimes a, a preacher will, will stand up, give it his all, and he looks out at the congregation and wonders, man, is this making any difference? But we have to keep planting the seeds. And, that, and that's what I tell myself. You just keep preaching the word, keep planting the seeds, let God take, take care of it. And that's, that's where our faith, that's where our work has to be, especially in a pandemic. I mean, that's, I don't know what else to do. Well, if it's any comfort to you, Beth and I have enjoyed attending a few of your services <laughs> oh, online, okay. if nobody else was there. But yeah. I think you had other people there as well. And, yeah. But, you know, I, I, a, a lot of people in churches, and I've had preachers tell me that their their leaders in their church say, well, you've had it easy this year because you haven't heard anybody in church. It's been yeah. and do it. But you just had to do this thing on, on, on video. Right. But the church relied on you to learn things you knew nothing about. Absolutely. You knew nothing about YouTube, how to do a right. YouTube. You knew nothing about podcast, exactly. <laughs> you just, yeah. uh, it, whether it's audio or video. Yeah. And, and if you had no one in your church that knew how to do it or yeah. cared to try yeah. because of your heart, uh, and I say this to these preachers who are listening, because yeah. of your heart, you were going to give it everything you had. Right. And then some preachers did the very best they could. And they didn't have a good connection because where the church was or the church wasn't willing to pay for a better uh, internet, uh, then the people complained, well, you did a lousy job with that preacher and not realize that the preacher put 25, 26 hours in, did not sleep, did not eat dinner the night before he did this because he was trying to make it work for the church. And and, uh, uh, stress levels for so many preachers. And then I'll give this to elders and deacons too Mm -hmm. and other church members who have who have come alongside and tried to do yes. it, stress levels have been very high. Yeah. And we, we need to acknowledge that yeah. and, and uh, pray for these people. And if, if you're in the middle of a, a broadcast, maybe they record it and all of a mm-hmm. sudden the sound cuts out and you don't hear any of the rest of it, yeah. just, tell, just go up and give them a hug if you're <laughs> disposed to give a hug during these times. Yeah. But give them a hug and say, you know, that was a valiant effort. Yeah. And, and I enjoyed the first half of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, well, I, I certainly commend our, our leadership and congregation here. They, they were champions through it all. We worked together to figure out what we needed to do, what we ought to do to respect the community, to respect state, government, whatever, uh, the best we could, understanding that we, we wanted to maintain our, our faith and, and Christian principles as well. So it, it was a tough tough thing. Uh, a couple other things that we did here, uh, we have an FM broadcaster 
And so we were able to broadcast to our parking lot. Uh, so we had that option available. We made it work, and, and our congregation did did really well. So I'm very proud of them. That was that was an encouragement to me, despite the discouragement of you know you're lo- you're looking on Facebook and you're looking on YouTube, especially the last uh, several weeks. It seems like the viewing numbers are down. Uh, I think people are getting back to church, but also their lives continue to be busy. So I, I don't think maybe they're they're participating in those maybe quite as much as as they were earlier in the pandemic. Right. Well, that, uh, the whole I think whole idea of an FM. Um, what did you call it, FM? Broadcast. Broadcaster, yeah. yeah, that is local. I've seen a lot of churches doing that. Last week we were in Steubenville, Ohio, and they're still doing that and had two or three people in the parking lot yes. that aren't quite ready to come back into the building. And, yeah. and uh, I, I respect that, but I know you and I know how you feel and, and, and the way you said that very gently a while ago. Yeah. But uh, we want to respect the laws of our country. Yes. But we first of all respect the Word of God. Absolutely. And there's a reason where God says, forsake not the assembly. Yeah. And we want people to be careful. But we also want to remember there is a need to be in personal contact yeah. right. with one another in the family of God. I agree. And uh, if you've been out of that and you're listening now and you're not having bad health issues, uh, I would say you need to get back. Yeah. If, I'd say to anybody, if you've got the flu, don't come to church. Yeah. You know, nobody else wants to get the yeah. flu from you, you know. Yeah, so exactly. And so anything is going on, be right. careful. But but uh, I'm glad that you all have, have made it through so well. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, have you got anything else to add here? I, if I have two minutes. Uh, oh, you've word, got. Words of wisdom. All you, want, all you want. Words of wisdom. And if there's anything you want to ask me specifically about anything I've shared or something I didn't share, feel free mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, but words of wisdom. Uh, four that, that I thought of off the top of my head a little bit ago, purpose. Uh, what are you doing and why? Uh, sometimes in ministry, we lose sight of that and we get all full of busy work, things that really, really don't matter. Just to say, yeah. well, I put in my 40 hours this week. Well, whoop de do, but what, <laughs> what did that accomplish? You know, right. Would it have been better served just to, to relax and, and just think about the things of the Lord or whatever? So purpose. The second one would be patience. Uh, we mentioned that a little bit ago. Uh, we need to depend on and trust in God's time, not necessarily our time. A lot of times, preacher, especially young preachers, they're ambitious. They're going to go in and they're going to change the world and they're going to convert the world. And a lot of times they'll run into a brick wall because... God's God's got a lot of things going on, and it's in His time. And when when it doesn't happen in our time, it can become very very discouraging and very frustrating. So patience, uh, practicality—that's a word I don't use very often—but it is the idea of just keeping it simple. I think sometimes in in what we do, we make it complicated, and people people don't like complicated anymore. I, I think they just want the simple truth the simple gospel so keep it practical and then this last one perseverance uh maybe we've touched on that a little bit ago but the victory uh the victory is the lord's knowing that whatever trouble you're going through whatever darkness whatever discouragement uh that you may be facing the pandemic covid whatever persevere uh that's critical because this the battle is the lord's the victory is the Lord. So words of wisdom, purpose, patience, practicality, 
uh, perseverance. That that's really good, Cliff, and very and very much a preacher. All peas, right there yeah. in the row there. <laughs> right but it is good. <laughs> and and let me ask you: Are you do you still make yourself available for leadership conferences for local churches if they? I, I have not. I had talked about that with you one one time or another, and that leadership is something on my heart uh, because I there for a period of time I really fi- felt like leadership in the church was was lacking and struggling, and, and it gets back to the idea of rather than playing politics and power plays, leadership uh, needs to be pursuing the things of the Lord. If, uh, if a local church wanted to have you come in for a, a weekend to, to work with them, would you be willing to do that? Now? I, Are you, I could. I, I've got some stuff that I had in mind. I've not fully organized it. It's just something that was there. Well, just listening to you again today, it's been a few years since we've been together in yeah. Revival. Uh, I was thinking how helpful these things that you said would be to church leaders and uh if someone wanted to contact you, could they do that through? Uh, is there an email address that they might could? They, yeah, they if do, you're willing to put that out here. <laughs> yeah, they can do email. It's uh, preacher underscore cliff at yahoo.com. Okay, uh, that'd be fine. They could reach out through an email that way. All right. I uh, hope I don't get you in trouble with that, and you get emails from all over the world come to <laughs> come to Zimbabwe this weekend. Yeah. You know, I, I get those sometimes. And would you come in, uh, next month and preach on High Street and in, in, yeah. in uh, London? And I said, you know, I really can't do that. Right, I'm right. a little booked up. But yeah. uh, anyway, this has been really good, Cliff. And what you shared with us is is very valuable, very valuable. And I I really appreciate because most guys have a little more warning than what you got today. Yeah. I'm holding a revival in Martinsville, Illinois this week as we're recording and we're about an hour from you. And I yeah. thought this is a great chance to go down and visit with Cliff. Well, thank, thanks for the opportunity and thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did well. And uh, maybe in a few years we'll come back and put you on the spot again. Yeah. But uh, I, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in to us today. And we encourage you to share this podcast with friends and coworkers in Christ if you feel that it would be a benefit to them. And we hope you'll join us next time. And until then, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye. And may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.